Hello everyone, this is Coach Dave and welcome to the Play Big Show. Our show will begin in about one minute. Sleep deprivation. No. <laughs> you, know, you know, that sleep deprivation thing where you get kind of silly and you want to laugh at everything. Um, yeah. My friend gave that a really great name called the Geeking Hour. <laughs> yes, that sounds right. But that's not what's happening. <laughs> I'm just in a good mood today. It's not the Geeking Hour. No worries. <laughs> now, uh, so this is very exciting. So we are here on a happy Monday and a welcome to all of our listeners. And in spite of uh, Deanna's uh, geeking hourness or not, we're still <laughs> going to have a great time here today. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. I am back from vacation, so I am slightly energized as well, which is good. I um, spent a week basically hanging out on the beach in Fort Lauderdale, and that was really good for me. So uh, I am uh, slightly tanned and um, feeling good, ready to play big and have a great summer here at uh, Coachville and Lifeville and lots of things on the go and uh, that we'll uh, tell you about as we move along here today. And so we have a guest today also, and that is awesome. Deanna is doing an extraordinary job um, procuring uh, amazing coaches to be here on our show, and uh, we have the one and only highly energized Coach Pam Pritchard here today. Hello, Pam. <laughs> Hello, Dave. I'm bringing a lot of energy today, too, so look out. <laughs> look out, people. We've got three energized coaches on the line at the same time. That's exciting. That is exciting. And we have our virtual house band, Trio Globo. We'll mix and match in a few uh, little segments of their tunes along the way here today just to keep the, keep the uh, energy flowing. And besides, this is uh, Deanna's dream to have a show where there's music playing from time to time. So we are, <laughs> so we are happy to make Coach Deanna's radio dreams come true. I want everyone to get up and dance when those moments happen. <laughs> yeah, that is good. We'll, we'll have, you know, since it's a virtual kind of show, we don't actually know if anyone is dancing, but I'm sure we can feel it. <laughs> I'll know if they're not. <laughs> All right, that's good. I like that. Well done. All right, beautiful. Well, let's just jump right in. 
and uh and, and talk to talk with Pam. Now, Pam, you are um relatively new in our school. Um yeah. and that we're very excited to have you as one of our uh one of our coach training uh students. So that is yeah. awesome. But tell tell me a little bit about how you got into coaching in the first place. Aha, the big question. <laughs> the big question. Yes. Well, well that's the first just, thing that's just, just a warm up question. The big questions are coming a, a little up. later. <laughs> yes. Well, Dave, the first uh, time I spoke with you, you asked me the question, so Pam, what's your big game? <laughs> there you go. That's the really big didn't... question. We'll get to that yeah. soon. Yes. I didn't know what you were talking about at the time, okay. <laughs> but I loved the question anyway. <laughs> awesome. So what brought me to coaching? Yes, I'm definitely new to Coachville, and I love Coachville. Um, I feel like I've come home. I really do. It's just it's an amazing place to be. Um, but before that, um, I spent probably 30-plus years in the corporate world working in human resources, so doing a job that I probably 20% was okay with and mm-hmm. 80% didn't like. But I was oh. stuck in the industrial world and, you know, uh, living Working for a living. Pardon? Working for a living. Working for a living. Yes, exactly. I was working for a living and saving for retirement. <laughs> there you go. Always exciting. Yes. Yeah, so I was actually in a situation at one of the companies I work for where they hired a business coach. And it was my job to find the coach because I was human resources. And I just heard a little bit about this field. So I connected with this coach, and she came in and coached one of our executives. And I just really liked her and really thought uh, what she was doing was um, awesome work. In fact, the first time I met with her, she said, if the person is willing to be coached, there will be change. And that really spoke to me because she was very confident about that. Um, And there was change. So then I was uh, asked if I wanted to be coached as well. I could spend my training dollars uh, for that year on coaching. And that's where my first experience with coaching came. And it was in a business context. It was around time management, of course. And... um, as the company then went bankrupt, <laughs> um, in a, I, in a truly I, industrial economy fashion. <laughs> yes, yes, and and you know I'm very thankful that that company went bankrupt because that's what propelled me. I hired then hired this woman as my own personal coach. At you know there was wow. a cost, right? Obviously there's a cost for coaching, but I you know had just lost my job, and when a company goes bankrupt, there are no severance packages. Right. So are, yeah. I was left collecting unemployment, which I was very thankful for. But um, so at a personal cost, I hired this coach. And within probably six months, I had decided, that's it. I want to become a coach. Wow. There so that you was go. the beginning of the journey. Awesome. Yeah. So you're, you're uh, what I affectionately refer to as a corporate refugee. Yes, I am. <laughs> yes, I am. And I want to go in and save all the other corporate refugees. <laughs> Very nice. It's a worthy mission. It is. 
I choose to take that mission on. (laughs) (laughs) It is a worthy mission, and there are many that need that need you desperately in there. Yes. 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 Yeah. That's amazing. All right. Well, so so that's pretty great. I I love I love examples like this because um, have you heard of uh, Seth Godin? Yes. He's an author. Well, he had a book. Um, it was about uh, nine years ago. He wrote a book called The Purple Cow. Oh. And it was all about, it was, most of Seth's books come down to marketing in one way or another. But it was, you know, if you really want people to notice you, you've got to be really different and distinct in some way, like a purple cow. Like if you were driving through the country and saw a field of cows, after a while you wouldn't even see the cows anymore. But if there was a purple cow, you'd notice it. Right, that was basically the idea. So he did a he did a, a companion book called One Hundred Purple Cows, and it was his you know scan of the business place, business marketplace for one hundred companies that were truly unique in what they were doing. And one of the purple cows was Coachville. Ah, oh. and, and that was very very exciting to be acknowledged in that way. And he he said. The great thing about Coachville is that the delivery of the service that they teach is the marketing of the service that they teach. He said that's truly unique because you teach people how to be coaches, and then they go out and coach, and the people that they coach often want to become coaches. So the whole thing is a self-fulfilling organism. Yeah. And that's truly unique. Very few companies have the delivery and the marketing is the same thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's like, yeah, that is truly unique. And you're a perfect example of that. You were coached by someone, and then you came to the conclusion, wow, I want to do this. Yeah. Well, and the thing is for me, like I'd, I've had lots of therapy in my life, and that was all part of my story, and it was necessary. Um, and I thought, well, I'm going to become a therapist. You know, that was it. And that really wasn't for me as I pursued it a little bit. But once mm-hmm. I got coached and the excitement and the energy behind it, I, I, there was just, this is it. This is what I was made for. Nice. Yeah. I love it. Now, that's really good. Now, Deanna, yes. you've had you've had Pam in, in some of your classes, and you have – You've had some interesting things to say about Pam. Please uh, share with our listening audience all the amazing things about Pam that she would never say for herself. (laughs) I I would be glad (laughs) to to do that. Um, So I had Pam in my 12-week Play to Win class. Nice. And um, she she had a great – experience first off because she was teamed with somebody who had very similar so for for the diets the breakout session mm-hmm. um she was in her partnership with someone who had some some pretty significant positive energy too so those two just became this remarkable breakout team and um for those of you who don't know how the, how the diets of the breakouts work um, you're taught a method or a skill, and we have discussion about it, and then you listen to it happening, and then you go in and you are in a nice, safe, private room, and you are practicing, coaching, and you coach each other, you and your partner. And 
um, I, as an instructor, am walking the room and um, he hearing what's going on in the different rooms. And I, I said to Dave this morning, when he was asking me about you, Pam, I said, you know, I would land in their room and listen to the coaching that was happening. And it was so open and graceful and well done that I didn't want to leave and go to other breakouts. Mm. I had to because <laughs> I had to make sure everyone it's was doing job. okay. But it was just always remarkable coaching happening um, and just really clean coaching and well-communicated coaching. Um, nice. But also, you know, one of the great things about Pam was she would immediately step up in class. I mean, she participated in that class in a big way. She always participated in class discussion. Her game cards were always well done. I mean, she just went full on and played super huge. Um, so it was just great to have her in class. And, and I would use her as a reference when I was talking to potential new students and say, awesome. well, you know, let, let me tell you a little bit about let me tell you about the amazing Coach Pam. Pam, yes, seriously. And, and, I, and, and um, she just, I mean, Pam, you just really jump in and you played and you bring a great class discussion. And, and I said to Dave, we're going to have to watch out for this one. She's going to be one of our students who starts a successful practice before she's even done and is going to be one that very quickly is saying, oh, my God, I'm doing so well, I have to hire other coaches. Yes. Nice. <laughs> We That's love that vision. Yes, yes. I was. I thought. I was always thinking of it as I'm going to be so busy that I'm going to have to turn people away. But I like the way you think, Deanna. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're, we don't want you turning people away. We want you having right. a team of coaches. Right. Right. Hey, just to just to clarify, because Deanna was speaking metaphorically, as she often does and was speaking of walking the room, and we just want to make sure everyone knows we're talking about virtual rooms in our, our <laughs> Maestro Conference Bridge. There's no physical room. It's a virtual room. We, are, we, we teach our classes uh, by, by amazing teleconference where we have breakouts and all sorts of things happening. Just, just to clarify, in case someone thinks, walking the room, what, did Coach Bell all of a sudden start having live uh, training sessions somewhere? No, no, don't worry. We're still virtual and Global. You can participate in our classes from everywhere, and Deanna walks the virtual hall and listens in yeah. on, the, on, the, on the diets. So that is good. I just want to clarify that. So now, Pam, so Deanna decided you should have a big vision of having a big coaching company with lots of coaches coaching on your team. I wonder if that's your vision. <laughs> what well, what is your big vision for your coaching? Yeah, that is absolutely just starting to um, formulate more for me because I have, you know, I have built a coaching practice and it's, it's you know, sustainable right now, but I want more. And more. We want more. Do you hear that, people? I she want wants more. We love that. The spark of desire. More. Yeah. Well, and I feel energized since coming to Coachville because that's exactly what I find every time I connect with anybody from Coachville, it's this enthusiasm and energy to play big. So, yes. yes, this vision is building, and I'm actually taking, I start tomorrow the basics in coaching, but you get to play another game, and you get to have a, you know, be in dyads with your partner again. And so I'm, you know, the, the question is, do I have this big vision? It's building. 
it's just yes. building. In fact, I'm I'm really considering, and this was overplayed a win. I've moved from you know coaching individuals to wanting to go into some business and leadership coaching. I want to go rescue those people. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Well, or at least at least help them, you know, uh, find some success. You know, yeah. Pam's starting her own corporate refugee camp. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes, we love that. Yeah, yeah. I better be careful. (laughs) Corporate refugee camp. I love that. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, that that vision is really growing, and I I'm excited. I and you know the the beautiful thing is with um, play to win. I think one of the things it's so hard to choose one thing, but the idea of the power of practice and practicing what you want to get really good at has. Mm -hmm just revolutionized my life. And um, so I want to get really good at business or, you know, leadership coaching, wherever, whatever path that takes for me. So yes. I can just do one thing right now to get good at it. Mm-hmm. I don't have to know the end from the beginning. Right. So I'm, my vision is building. And over this summer, I'm going to connect with some, I've got lots of contacts from those 30 years just, yes. You know what? What do businesses want? What do they need? I'm just just on a very informal basis. I'm it's going the best to go way. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you're in curiosity mode, and I tell this to new coaches all the time, the biggest mistake you can make is to go in and talk to people as if you know and you're going to tell them. Yeah. Because you don't know that much. You're just getting started as far as coaching is concerned. But yeah. you can actually be very attractive by going in to talk to people with totally open curiosity and saying, I'm very excited. I've launched my coaching business. I've been in a corporate career for 30 years or whatever. I'm so pumped. And I really just want to meet as many people as I can and talk about what's happening in their industries and what's needed and what's wanted. And have you thought about this? Have you thought about the idea of transforming your business into a game or whatever? Just say like interesting, curious things that you're learning and be curious. And, and it just makes it so much more simple. It makes it more simple and more fun. It takes all the pressure off of thinking you've got to go in there and say, okay, I know this and I'm doing this. It's, it's, not, it's not a good strategy when you're brand new. And, you know, the, the curious thing is it could be that the curious approach could be the best approach even when you are a full-on expert. It's almost like just stay curious and Go into every situation with curiosity, and you'll have a lot better chance of being attractive than if you go in as the all-knowing expert. Or, or well, I think like when, if you go know. in with that attitude, sorry. Go ahead, Deanna. No, if, yeah. if, if you go in with that attitude too, you're you're embodying what coaching is all about, and and I think that then sets off a different. Um, you know, just a whole different paradigm to the relationship, and it's not about here's what I think you should do. It's hey, let's talk about what you really need and see what ideas come up, and, and it's just a different relationship. And, and I love that idea. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah. I, go ahead, Pam. Well, I was just saying it kind of reminds me of you know industrial economy versus inspirational economy. Exactly. So, you know, the the way to, you know, to approach businesses in the past has, you know, you've got to be professional and you've got to wear your professional costume and you've got to know what you're doing and, you know, you can't make any mistakes. But inspirational is more about curiosity 
and learning and growing together. Yes. So it's moving yes. in that direction. Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. And and you know, it it's more attractive. It's not that you don't know what you're doing, but it it's that you you know some things. It's sort of like I always talk about the difference between certainty and um What's that other word I'm thinking of? Not confidence, doubt? but uh, well, there's doubt, there's certainty, and then there's um, uh, what's the what's overconfident? Oh crap! My like vocabulary module is not turned on. Arrogance. Arrogance. <laughs> there it is. My 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 language module is a little slow to connect. I'm still in vacation. <laughs> but arrogance. So arrogance is when you know that you know. And there's nothing that you don't know. That's like the arrogance point of view. But when you have certainty, you know what you know, and you know that you don't know. Mm. And that's the best combination. When you know that you know and you know that you don't know, then you can share what you do know openly and, you know, with generosity. And you can also say, and there's so much that I don't know. I'm so curious about what is happening here with you. And then that way you're ready for any situation. If it's something you know you can share and if it's something you don't know, you can be curious and learn and grow. And that's the optimal way of being. And it's, it actually inspires the most confidence because when you're around someone who's arrogant and thinks that they know everything, I actually am not very confident around those people because I'm like, well, as soon as something happens that they don't know, then they're going to fake it and then we're really in trouble. That's brilliant. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's the so you have you have that approach. You have that feel about you, Pam, and I think this is a perfect thing because I know you know a lot. You know, mm-hmm. thirty years in HR, you you've learned a lot of things. <laughs> Maybe yeah. a lot of things you'd like to forget, but you yeah. do know a lot. <laughs> yes. Definitely. All right, this is awesome. All right, we're gonna have a little musical interlude. <laughs> Don't you think that would be fun? Everyone so now, dance. Everyone get ready to dance. Hopefully this music will, uh, will I can't remember if this, this is another Trio Global song. Let's just give a little, a little minute of rejuvenation. Here we go. A little drum. Here we go. happiness to get us going today. We love that. That was kind of margarita on the deck music. <laughs> yeah, that was. I love that. That's what we need, margaritas on the deck. <laughs> I think you can make almost any music margaritas on the deck music. <laughs> Good point. Well, now we know where Pam's head is at. Okay. <laughs> and it's only Monday afternoon. <laughs> I know. We're just getting started. All right. So this is fantastic. So your big game is 
corporate refugees. We're going to go in and rescue them. We love that. That's a really good idea. And mm-hmm. you're learning about coaching, and, and you're going to approach these folks with this great, curious attitude. Now, let's, 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 um, let's switch gears a little bit because I think this is actually a very interesting topic. So you were in HR for a long time. And, yes. you know, a lot of folks want to bring coaching to organizations, but they maybe feel like, well, they're not corporate enough or, you know, they don't know how they're going to fit into the corporate culture or how to even approach organizations. So mm-hmm. from the HR perspective, you know, what would you, what would you say would be the best approach for someone who would love to bring coaching or a program of some kind into an organization but wouldn't know how to how to do such a thing what would what would you recommend yeah that's a really good question because i'm actually struggling with that question a bit myself right now (laughs) yeah but it's so funny because you were on the other end of it it's like it's hard to take the other perspective yeah the thing is i think you know knowing what i know of how you know how many people want to bring programs into um, corporations yes Right, and from an HR perspective, I would get a lot of those calls. Right, so exactly. So it's you know it's that's what I've been wrestling with myself. How do I be the purple cow? <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. So so uh, you know I honestly don't have a really good answer to that question. I'll tell you what I'm thinking of doing is um, offering play to win. I would like mm-hmm. to take um, you know play to win to you know, give me one person, whether it's a salesperson or a, a manager, and either they've got great potential or they're struggling, whatever it is, I don't really care. Just give me somebody and let me, I'll do it, you know, complimentary, and let's see what happens because I believe in the process. Yes, very nice. Well, I so think, that's what I'm thinking of. I think that's a really good idea. You know, mm-hmm. I, I've been – talking with a few different people in organizations and we have a few companies now that are actually using the game system in their companies and creating a game for their people to play and then I'm weaving in some play to win ideas into the game and helping them figure out what are their you know daily actions and what results are they playing for and what will be some interesting exercises and starting to get their folks thinking of what they're doing every day as a game rather than just going to work trying to get it done. And it's it's fascinating. There's definite interest. So I think your thought process of how to be a purple cow is a good one. And at the same time, man, oh, man, is it a challenge to get workers to play. Oh, really? Holy mackerel. Yeah, I mean, when you fir- this is the thing. When I first go in and talk with them about it, they're like, oh, wow, this is awesome. Like, they really want to do it. But then on a day-by-day basis, having them think of, okay, I'm going to play, and I'm going to experiment, and I'm going to try something new, and all of these things, rather than I just got to get this darn thing done before my deadline, right? So there's like, there's, I think people have a great desire to play, and I think they're open to playing, but they have so many habits of working that it really just takes some persistence. I think, well, that's my only weapon I have so far. <laughs> my, only, my only approach right now is the coaches, persistence, 
keep persisting and reminding them to play. And I'm sure we'll figure out some better approaches and persistence as we go. But I love that you're doing this because I think anyone who wants to bring play into organizations, we need to have a, our own organization or, or community so we can, we can um, uh, really collaborate and play together on ideas because I think it's, it's so needed, but yet it is a very interesting challenge. Well, I mean, I you know, as you're talking there, I thought how challenged I was myself and still am and probably will be for a long time on not, you know, achieving the task list. Mm-hmm, you know, not exactly. just wanting to, to tick things off. And it's, you know, it's giving yourself permission that this can be playful. You can bring the spirit of play. It's okay. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, because we've just not been taught that way. Well, I didn't accomplish anything. Right. Exactly. Go ahead, Deanna. You know, I think the interesting thing is when you when you make the segue from the tasks and to dos to the play aspect, um, you might not have like a bunch of those task things that you can cross off like in two hours and feel like you accomplished something big. But but ultimately, after you've crossed them off, if you really look at your day, um, all you've done is the the avoidance tasks. And so when you're in play mode, mode, the accomplishment, once you, once you sort of ad, adapt your life to it, the accomplishments are bigger and more fulfilling. It's just not immediate. It's not that immediate, oh, you know, I cleaned off my desk. Let me just check that off. It's, right. Oh, I made a significant change. Look what my business is doing now. Um and, and so, I mean, that sense of accomplishment comes as you pro- as you progress into it, and it's a bigger sense of accomplishment. Um, so I think it's just getting out of that immediate need for accomplishment, and not the the larger scale, grand scheme of things accomplishment. I, I think I think that is a, a very good point, and I also think that as you play. If you put yourself in, in play mindset, at the end of the day, you want to look at, okay, I really played today. And you still you may have some results to show for playing, and you may be able to say, oh, I was playing for this, and this is what happened, and this is what didn't happen. You, so you want to look at your results, and then you also want to look at what did you learn? What, can I, what did I learn today that I can use to play better tomorrow? So you get the you get the joy of it, the ongoing pursuit of mastery, which I think is something that you don't generally get from working. It's like okay, I I got a bunch of tasks done, all right. Or the other thing that happens when you're in task mode is a lot of times you set out with a bunch of tasks, and then the day happens, and all sorts of crazy things happen, and everything happens except your tasks and you do all these great things, but then you look at your task list and you didn't check anything off, and then you end the day with, I didn't get anything done today. Meanwhile, you had a whole day of doing all kinds of things, but because it wasn't on your task list, you feel like you didn't accomplish anything. So that's actually the worst case scenario that often happens when people are in work mode. Whereas if you were in play mode, you'd say, wow, I played like crazy today. So many interesting things happened, and I learned this, and I learned that, and this this result happened, and this could lead to this. I really played great today. What an awesome day. I'm excited to go home and relax, and then I'm going to play again tomorrow. 
You know, so it, it really, it's a mindset more than anything else. And I think it, in the end, it can be, not in the end, I think in the day-by-day experience of it, it can actually be more fruitful. So, you know, I think, I think in our approach to the corporate refugees, our first job, I think you're, you're, you're really wise in what you're saying. Our first, our first initiative is to teach people how to play, how to bring the play mindset and creativity and resourcefulness and enjoyment into every day. And the enjoyment is in the playing, not necessarily in the result or the, uh, the, the ta- checking the task off the list. You know, it's so, interesting. This is kind of yeah, reminding me of when I was first coached in the company I worked for, uh, just a brilliant coach. Um, and I, you know, was I was writing job descriptions and health and safety manuals and policies, like pretty dry stuff, a lot of it. Um, a lot of my job was that. And that's what I was focused on. Oh, it's just so boring. I can't stand it. And, you know, I was mm-hmm. telling myself that. And I had a big load. I was the only HR person in this company. So she really helped me to, you know, look at who I was and what my strengths were and what I really love, who I love to be in, in life, not just in my job. Mm-hmm. And I'm just remembering back, this was quite a number of years ago, but how she helped me to see that even at, you know, during lunch, um, I would always love to go and connect with some of the people who worked out in the plant. Uh, we had a lot of temps in there, and they were from different countries, and they didn't speak English very well. They didn't know anybody. And I would just love to go and connect with them and just make them feel welcome. And it wasn't really part of my job, to you know, job description, but um, that's where I got fulfillment. And she really helped me to, you know, the the beautiful coaching question, how can you look at this differently? So at the end of the day, she had me looking at those types of things that, you know, I accomplished (laughs) every day. I wasn't using play language then, but now I can see it. It was bringing that spirit of play for me to my job and crafting it in a way that brought satisfaction. Nice. We love that. Yeah. Yeah, it was really powerful. So that's just the one example I can think of. But I know she had me look at, you know, she would always ask me the question, what's the opportunity here for you? You know, what's the opportunity? So she that, is really a good, that is a good coaching question. It is. That is really good. I love it that. It is. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. Yeah. So what would be the most fun thing you could do with yourself for the next couple of weeks? Wow. <laughs> That's a good I'm question. <laughs> I've got nothing to say. Well, this is this is an interesting question, isn't it? It's like I was thinking the same thing. It's like what would be the most fun thing I could do? Huh, I don't know. Well, I've got this project to do and this project to do. And I have some fun projects, but I really want to get tuned into either finding the fun in the projects I am doing. And also adding some new fun things into my onto my menu. Yes, yes. It's funny. I it's funny you should ask this question because I was in my quiet time this morning. I was sitting and I drew myself my own wheel of life. 
you know, okay, this is periodic good. coaching check-in. And the one area that's a little bit low is, um, you know, that leisure and fun. Um, I mean, I, I, I have fun in life, but I thought, am I looking for something different than actually my fun around coaching and learning? Because that seems to be where I get my fun right now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I do I need you know I, I was asking myself the question do I need something more should I go out and try to find something more you know so you, uh, your question is interesting today so I don't I I just don't even know fun for me is you know color creativity something you know around that like maybe going and taking a course in um, uh, interior design. Ah. Uh-huh. Uh, but that that's work that almost feels a little bit like work so I don't want to It feels a little that. workish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It feels a little bit workish. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So maybe just I don't know, so, something just, you know, around color. It's a, it's such an interesting thing. It's like yeah. even our play and fun, we do something work like. Workish. <laughs> Even as I said that, I thought, oh, work, yeah, workish. It's kind of workish. <laughs> yeah. And Did you come up with it's something It's funny because you, you guys are talking, and in my head I'm thinking, well, what could I do? What could I do? And I'm yeah. like, yeah. coming up you know I'm going to ask things. you next. Yeah. I don't, I don't know. You know, I, I, uh, no, I do have something, but it's just like Pam said. I mean, I guess you could technically consider it workish, but, you know, next year we'll be making the move um, to Pennsylvania, and um, we're moving on to this big property where there are several houses that my family owns, and um, I am we're rehabbing. And the idea of, like, redesigning um, just so wound up. I mean, I've created, the, I call it the stall compound now, um, and, <laughs> and I'm telling Blake all the things that are going to be there, and I'm like, I want an indoor, I mean, a, a, an underground, in-ground pool with a waterfall and this big wow. bamboo grove down here and I want a deck and I want this and and so I've actually been doing sketches and designs and oh. I, and, and I love it but it you know it, it it's not like I mean it is play because it's creative play and it's fun to imagine what is possible and I'm totally thinking big no, I show Blake my sketches, and he says, "How do you think you're going to make this happen?" And my response is, "I'm just going to." Yeah, we don't know <laughs> yet. We're just going to do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's there's there's fun in that, and that is really playful for me. Yeah, that's really good. I think that's the key is is to you know we have these things we want to do that we want to create, and we want. I think it's it's such an interesting trick. That we that we need to learn is how to keep our play fun and and how to keep, uh, and how to manage to keep our play from turning into work. Like like you know I have the same kind of thing. So I shot um, Deanna and I shot this incredible video, and that I'm going to be that releasing. That was in, definitely in, fun. <laughs> right, that was really fun. Right, so we shot this video. It's a it's a video of my story of my trip to India, and it's in 20 uh, chapters. And so now I'm playing with the actual video and learning all the tools of the video software. And, and, uh, and, and like this weekend, I went and, and took a bunch of backstory and B-roll photos and shots of different parts of the story to put into the video. So, I mean, in a way, it's workish because it's for a project, but I was really focused on, okay, 
don't turn this into work. Just have fun. Just enjoy it and, you know, play with the software. And if it doesn't quite work, don't get mad. It's not, there's no deadline, you know. But it's so easy to fall into that, I got to get this done by Friday. It's like, no, you don't. Just have fun and learn it and play with it and try things. And, you know, I'm on Google. Like, the amazing thing about video software is you can just Google anything you want to do and it's guaranteed some kid has a video on go- on youtube on how to do it i mean it's oh. incredible <laughs> i'm like oh this guy figured it out he knows how to do the picture in picture so i'm watching and he's explaining how to do it i'm like dang google is awesome <laughs> you know it's like <laughs> and all these people are sharing things and you can just watch them and it's the world is so amazing now you can just learn and play with so many things so it's like, how do we keep ourselves, you know, those of us who grew up in the indu- hardcore industrial age, it's like we're so prone to working on everything. And it's, there's so much play to be had if we just let ourselves have fun and not get trapped in, in these work mentalities. And I think like worrying about deadlines and, and things like that is, is a surefire trap to fall into work mode. I think it's just a mindset, too. Yeah. I'm sorry, Pam. No, I was going to say, a lot of our deadlines are so self-imposed. Correct. Right. Uh, Seriously. They're self-imposed or or, um, unrealistic or uh, they put too much pressure on you, so you you immediately get out of that play mode. And as soon as you do, um, you know, that wonderful creativity and resiliency and desire to be more gets thrown out the window just so you can get it done. And, and so, you know, it's, it's just that mindset switch that you have to make um, because, you know, many people could look at the task of redesigning a house and a big move and combining more than one family onto one property as not just work but, um, you know, something dreadful. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but okay, I, hold on, I'm hold on, hold on. Yes, this is so true. And I have just the music for us. <laughs> All right, here we go. This is perfect. You guys are going to love this. You ready? Here we go. <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> are you feeling playful yet? decorate a really small, lonely tree. (laughs) (laughs) That, of course, was George Winston's rendition of Vince Guaraldi's world classic tune, Linus and Lucy. I want to give proper (laughs) musical credit to our um, our virtual house, uh, house bands. Okay. Yes, play mode. Got to keep our... Seriously, what you just did, though, is a great is a great mm. a great example of the whole process. I mean, when you said I always wanted to have a 
have a musical interlude on the radio show. What I always wanted was to have a company where um, if a, if I was in my office and some fabulous song came on, I would flick this little switch and it would go onto the loudspeaker system out into where everybody else was, and everybody <laughs> knew that was the moment that you had to stop, drop whatever you're doing, and do a little jig for a while. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I love you know, that. So, these kinds of things are really what it's all about. You know, don't take yourself so seriously. When you do, the energy just goes away. Yes, and that's what we want. We want to get the energy of life, of, you know, loving your life, living your game, playing it with with some wildness and freedom. That's That's the... That's what it's all about. That's where all the energy is. So I think, you know, the work mentality in the industrial age just crushed our, our playful energy. And, you know, a lot definitely got accomplished in the industrial age. There's no question. We made a lot of things. But I think the cost was really, really high. And the, the cost of human creativity and human joy, I think, was the biggest cost of all. And I think the price, is, the price has become too high. And it's We've got to switch. We've got to switch modes because, you know, it, it's no longer worth it. You know, to live a life of, you know, in a straitjacket just so you can have more things. You know, it's it, the value is not there. We don't need any, you know, any more things. We need to love our lives and have fun. And yeah, we want to add value to the lives of others. But let's do it in a way where we feel creative. We feel joy. At the end of the day, we feel energized and joyful for what we created and the value we added. And so this is really the the big idea of what we're talking about here on the Play Big Show and and talking with coaches and people who are playing big in the world is really about how do we add value in a way where we experience joy in the process. I think in the industrial age, it was all about do your work and joy is optional. You know, but that's 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 no longer acceptable. It's like joy has to be the first requirement, and then as long as I'm joyful, I'll do it. And then let me just figure out how to do it in a way that's financially viable and all the other things. But joy can no longer be optional. Joy has to be required, and we all also have to learn how to bring joy to what we're doing. I think in many ways we've forgotten how to do it. So it's uh, it's a two way street for sure. That's what's really standing out to me as you're talking and when you ask me that question, you know, what could I do that would be really fun? And as you've just been talking the last few minutes, I thought we put such a dividing line in between work and play. So when you ask me that question, I'm thinking of how could I have fun? What could I do, you know, outside of coaching or outside of my tasks that right. would be fun? But really... You know, what What would be fun for me is to go, and as you're describing it, you know, explore the play to win, you know, using play to win with a, in a company, you know, giving it to them in a, on a complimentary basis, getting to know somebody, seeing how it works, having fun with them, watching them succeed, and, you know, get really good at what they, you know, practice, you know, what they want to get really good at. Yes. That's fun. Going out and meeting people in that in that world and just seeing what happens, and that that to me is exciting. I love that. So there, 
there was this fear of almost of saying that almost to my oh it almost sounds like geeky I get fun from my work right <laughs> right <laughs> of course that's what I want <laughs> right and this, I mean seriously yeah, so, yesterday yesterday ahead, we yeah. had the we had a day where we could just kind of relax and and do nothing but I'm not uh, um do nothing is not really fun for me right. I'm not a do nothing person. So, you know, we, we talked about what we would do, and the consensus between Blake and I is, hey, let's let's take everything, that all of our projects and things that, that we um, love, let's just move our offices out onto the deck today, and let's just hang outside all day and, and into the evening, and we strung Christmas lights up on our umbrella, and we got comfy, and we had the... Um, We'd pillows out there and the lounge chair and lights and candles all over the place. We spent the whole day outside. And mm. I was doing coaching stuff. I was doing Coachville stuff. I was doing my reading. And it was a joyous day. I loved it. And it was because I was combining things that I loved, being outside. We were grilling on the deck. I was doing coaching stuff. Blake was doing things that he had interest in. And it, it was just I woke up today with a big grin on my face. Because it was just one of those perfect days. And I was playing and I was having a joyous time. And I was with, with the things that I love, which is coaching and, and Coachville. And it was perfect. And Blake. And Blake. And Blake. And the outdoors. <laughs> and my dog, even though she barked a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, it's a new kind of play. So we hereby on the Play Big Show. Grant you permission to have fun and play with anything, even things that used to be work. Yes. Yes. You heard it here first, people. Hallelujah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you are hereby knighted a player <laughs> in the universe. Go and play on anything. <laughs> It's a sense of freedom. It is. It's freedom. It's actually two it is things. Freedom. I was talking to my good friend Alex Mondosian the other day, and he was telling me about, uh, we were talking about the distinction between freedom and liberty. Hmm. And it's such an interesting distinction. And freedom is of the mind. If, you know, you're free to think and free to feel, that's freedom is a concept, but liberty is of the body. So if you're at liberty to do something, that means you're physically able to do it. So when you've got freedom in the mind and liberty of the body, then you've got the complete package. So And both are important because you might be free, like, oh, I'm free in, in mentally as a concept, you know, you're free to do whatever you want, but... You're free to think whatever you want, but are you actually able to do it? If you're actually able to go and do it, then you have liberty. So it, both are really important. So it's like we have freedom and liberty, and that's the and that's that's the you know that's the ultimate combination. You know, liber, liberate yourself, liberty. That's when you can go and do it. So that's what I'm all about. 
liberating the workers' souls so they can go and play and have fun, not only in their minds. Like, you might be at liberty to do it, but if you're in your mind, you're not free to do it, then that does, that's not so good either. Mm-hmm. So you need both. I, this, I just got to tell you my favorite coaching story. I'm, I've been working with a client for a while now, a young man, and he um, was, you know, he's a big guy, athletic, always played hockey and, um, you know, all kinds of sports. And but just filled with social anxiety. And one day in a coaching session, I said to him, what would you do if you knew you couldn't fail? And the answer that he blurted out was dance. Nice. It, it's just been absolutely beautiful watching this transformation. And the anxiety is starting to, to dispel as he becomes who he really wants to be in the world. Yes. He thought he had to be a meathead and a jock. That was how he described himself. Mm-hmm. And he's a dancer. Wow. And it's just such a beautiful transformation. And to watch somebody be free, and I so you know, just I was just thinking of freedom and liberty. He had the liberty, but not the freedom of mind. Right. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, and he's quite good, apparently. So we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But that's well. It doesn't even matter if he's good. It doesn't even matter. Absolutely right. Doesn't matter. I'm just waiting for 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 Dave. I'm surprised you didn't jump on this and say, "Well, what would he do if he could fail?" Right. <laughs> That's one of my favorite questions. <laughs> was wow. <laughs> well, Deanna, since you brought it up, go ahead explain what is the difference of that question. Well, the difference is, if you can't fail, um, then where's the challenge, the drive, and the motivation? So if you ask the question, what would you do if you absolutely knew you could fail and it was still okay? Mm-hmm. And, and failure was part of the game. And mm-hmm. it was something so important that even if you fail, you're still loving what you do. Yeah. And it, and it and it all it totally changes the whole process and dynamic. Um, Ever. So. <laughs> I'm going to write that question down. <laughs> yeah, write that one down. <laughs> I am adding that one to the list. And you that know, just reminds good. me Go ahead. reminds yeah. me of the play ugly. Right. Yeah. Play to win. That was so brilliant. Yeah, just play ugly for a while. Just go and do it. Yeah. Yeah, I think uh, every one of my clients knows that term now. <laughs> well done. And my friends and family. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, play ugly. Just yeah. don't, you know, it's such an interesting thing. It's all from the industrial age, the perfection mindset. You've got, if you're going to do it, you've got to do it right, or you've got to do it right the first time. Well, that just totally blocks you from playing and having fun and making a mess and trying new things. It, it's a total block, and it, kills the joy in any experience so you know yeah do it do it right the first time is good if you're if you're doing brain surgery or making a car or anything else yeah or, or a hand grenade yeah you know but anything else it's a miserable approach so let's drop it now believe me if you're doing brain surgery or heart surgery, you know, by all means, get it right the first time. I'm in favor of that. But, 
<laughs> anything else in life, let's play and have some fun. Make mm-hmm. a mess of it. Mm-hmm. Hey, just a little shout-out to the USA Women's World Cup team. One of the most dramatic and incredible sport moments I have ever witnessed where the USA, I thought they kind of got cheated by the referee a little bit. They're losing to Brazil 2-1 to one in overtime, and they scored a goal with like, you know, it was it was the, the game was technically over, but they sometimes add on time if there was like an injury or something. So they were in like two minutes of extra time, and with like 30 seconds left, the USA tied the game and then went in and won in penalty kicks in, in you know them to move on to the next round of the World Cup. I'm telling you, that was a chilling, thrilling moment, courtesy of the USA Women's World Cup team. So kudos to them today. And um, if you did not uh, watch the U.S. the, the Women's World Cup, uh, if you're not into soccer, but even if you are, it's if if you are definitely watch it. If you're not, it's worth watching because this U.S. Women's team is awesome. They are all about team. They are so about playing together and and uh, playing for each other. It's really fun to watch. So that's just a little uh, sociological note. Pam, thank you so much for being on our show. Thanks for being on um. our school. We love having you. We're thrilled about all the corporate refugees you're going to rescue. Yes, yes I'll keep you posted. <laughs> it's been my pleasure. I love being here. Just Definitely keep us posted. We love that. Deanna, thank yes. you, as always, for your uh, your um, companionship. And goofiness. <laughs> yeah. Yes, and goofiness. Don't forget goofiness. That's also uh, very important. <laughs> <laughs> oh goodness gracious that is beautiful all right so this has been our play big show we want to thank all of you for being here this is uh july 11th and this is um uh, a broadcast copyright uh coachville llc in 2011 and um is there anything else we need to say no i think that's pretty much it Here's a little uh, Trio Globo to take us out. Mm-hmm. Bye, everyone. Have a great week. Mm-hmm.